Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome to another episode of Parenting with Impact. I am so psyched to have a conversation with you because there is so much parenting with impact. I have mine too. Parenting with impact. Here we are. There's so much going on in this space and there's this topic we really want to talk about and share with people. Well, and it's funny because it's like I reached out to you the other day and I was listening to a podcast and was listening to another parenting expert talk and they were shall be unnamed, (laughs) unnamed, no judgment. Everybody's got a good stuff. You know, everybody's great. Everybody does got their stuff. Everybody's got their stuff, right? It's this sort of thing. And it really hit a nerve with me because I hear parents in our community all the time coming to us and saying, okay, so they told me to do this thing. And it totally didn't work. And I don't know what to do. And I feel like I'm judging myself because I must have done it wrong because this other expert said, it'll work. Just do it. Just be consistent. Just whatever. Right. Right. In my world, consistent is a four letter word. Oh yeah. No kidding. We're consistent. Well, and that was, that was part of what I kind of wrestled with because they're like, you've got to do this and you've got to do it consistently. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm it's a yes. And (laughs) it's a yes. And right. It's just sort of, even for me, things are hard to do consistently. And, and there's lots of reasons. Sometimes consistently may not be like, you know, you and I talk about flexible structure. Structure right. is really important, but but if it doesn't have a bend to it, the bridge is going to fall down, right? Yeah. You got to be able to dance with what's <laughs> happening in the moment. So the bottom line part of this conversation that I would really want to talk about is consequences, right? Okay. And we talk about the difference between consequences and punishments and the importance of punish of consequences. And all of these sorts of things. So I want to kind of have us riff a little bit on this because absolutely consequences are a powerful tool that you can use when supporting your kids and changing their behavior. But I can't tell you how many parents all the time are like, I've taken away everything and they're not changing their behavior. So I was listening to a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And what they were saying that I really liked was she said, when you have a consequence, the consequence assumes something's already gone wrong, mm. right? Now, maybe natural consequences, if we can look to what, what goes well or what doesn't, but, but a consequence starts to assume that there's a problem. And really what you just said, Diane, what we really want is to be able to support our kids. So if we anticipate and we set expectations in advance, then we're in a place of agreement and navigating with each other instead of, you know, is it another word for a punishment? Right. Well, and so let's start there for a second. The difference between a punishment and a consequence in our language, right? It's just sort of a consequence is something that's agreed to in advance and is clearly understood by you and by your kid, right? It's just sort of they understand. Consequence is 
A consequence, I would say, is something that's agreed to in advance, but it's it's an outcome. It's it's something that happens if something as a response to something else. Well, and there could be a positive consequence and there could be a not so favorable consequence. I don't want to use okay. the word. I, right. I'm going like to wait. I use language. positive, but not yeah, negative. But nice. you know I was trying not to be so nice. Not so favorable right? was a nice word. Not so favorable. Like a favorable consequence and an unfavorable consequence, right? I love and that, some, And I think that that's one of the things to think about is some of you have kids who respond better. We call it the carrot or the stick. Some of these kids respond better to the carrot than they do to the stick. So you want to. Especially if they've been part of identifying what that carrot is. Right. Right. So if, you know, when you finish your homework, you can get some ice cream is a consequence that's, you know, that's in this, the instance I just gave was one that the parent put forward rather than agreed to by the kid. A a collaborative one might be, what do you want to do to celebrate when you finish your homework? And the two of you agree together that there's a consequence at the end that's a positive consequence. And because some people react to the sugar of the ice cream. I remember one time when my daughter negotiated with her school teacher that after she finished writing assignments, she got to do a Sudoku in class yes. because that was a reward to her. Right. Well, and so just know, and, and we could talk for hours on this topic, but yes. what we're keying into is motivation, right? And it's this sort of, these kids need to be genuinely interested in something in order to change a behavior or do an action or whatever else. And so Favorable consequences, motivators are things that can you can use to help your kid to change their behavior. Now, let's shift a little bit and talk about unfavorable consequences, because that's really what I was on my rant about and the difference between a consequence and a punishment. So we said, if the child knows in advance, and I said specifically, they understand it, right? It's just sort of, they, they understand what's going to happen. So I want to go there real quick before we go into to the other piece, because that's what's so key is that... It's when you set an expectation in advance and you communicate it so that you both understand it. And that's the piece that we often, we may have an expectation that their kids may not be really clear what we expect, or we may have, have kind of, they know the expectation, but we haven't communicated and said, okay, here's what's going to happen. And here's what the result will be. So part of the appropriation or appropriateness of consequences or punishments or whatever whatever we're going to get to starts before the event ever happens. It starts with prepping for it before you're reacting to it. Well, and I think the other piece of it is not just do they know it in advance, but are they aware of it in the moment, right? And then a lot of times we expect, oh, last week they said that they would do it. And we expect our kids with working memory challenges to to remember, which doesn't often happen. And so no, just but quick- a reminder at that point, just something they already have an awareness of is way more effective than in the moment saying, well, if you don't do this, then that's going to happen because that becomes a threat. Right. Well, and I think that that's an important piece of it, because at that minute we use it as a threat to mm-hmm. sort of, hey, you better behave or I'm going to take your phone away. Right. It, I mean, it throws us into a trigger. Right. And so right. then you're dealing with a triggered kid. We're already having kids that are having a hard time executing on agreements, right? So there's so many moving pieces here. Wait, hang on a second. There are, right? I know. So consequences, agreements, right? So parents all the time say, well, I have a tech agreement. My kid has agreed to go to bed at nine o'clock. Yeah. Get off the computer. Have they o'clock. really agreed? <laughs> well, they agreed. Maybe they even agree. Maybe you even have buy-in, but that doesn't mean they have the executive function, to follow through on the agreement, right? It's just sort of so many times parents put agreements in place or consequences in place. And we're setting our kids up because 
how many 10 year old kids do you know that are hot in the middle of watching some video on YouTube can just go, Oh, wait, okay. It's nine o'clock. Mama, was that you that called? (laughs) Let's get off the computer. Right. It's just sort of, it just doesn't happen. They need help to change the behavior. They don't just need an agreement. They need more than that. And we'll do another conversation about agreements because that you just, you touched on buy-in and it's like, that's a whole other like deep well yeah. Well, of information. Deep well. <laughs> well, so that's the thing. So yes to consequences, but agreed to well in advance, bought into, right? So you've got to make sure that it's not just, hey, me threatening you and, and the kid not, you know, being like, well, that's not fair. And they need help to follow through with the consequences. And I think that that's the piece that we tend to miss on is just saying, yeah, I'll do this, mom, is not, is not enough. Right. Yeah. Well, and so then we move into what I was alluding to earlier, which is, is the consequence really a consequence or is it a punishment in disguise? Well, so talk about a punishment. Okay. So a punishment means you should learn your lesson from this. You did wrong. You need to know you did wrong and you have to pay a penalty for it in some way, right? We punish people in the, in the grown-up world by putting them in jail or fining them money. It is a, you did wrong. You have to pay recompense for it. Yeah. And well, and the other thing I've heard, I was going to say, the other thing I've heard you say is that a lot of times we get, we dole out punishments in the heat of the moment. So there's surprises to our kids. It's this sort of, they are having, I got a client the other day, two, two boys, they were having a hard time keeping their hands to themselves. And mom kept trying very calmly to get them separated and talk to them nicely. And she said, if you don't, if you don't leave your brother alone, I'm taking your phone away for the week. Right. That was, and I was like, whoa, wait a second. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Right. It's sort of so thing. that's a punishment. Now, here's how it could be a consequence, because it's a great example. If you've had the conversation in advance about how important it is to keep your hands to yourself, maybe morning time before school is a rough time when everybody's agitated. So maybe sitting in different spaces, whatever your arrangements are, you've set the expectation. You're going to keep your hands to yourself and not bother your brother. And if you do, here's the reward you're going to get for it. And if you don't, you'll get X number of reminders, whatever your negotiation is. Say say that again. Here's how I'm going to help you make sure you can do it. I'll be there. I'll give you a few reminders. We can talk about strategies to help you manage it. And if I have to stop you, then let's talk about what do you think would be a fair consequence? Well, and that's a great thing. It's like involving your kid in what the consequence could Mm -hmm. be is an important piece of it. And usually they're much more punitive than we are. Yeah, <laughs> that's very harder true. harder on themselves than we are. So if you involve them, then you can say, then if, if the agreement is you're going to lose your phone for the day, which might be more reasonable than the week for, you know, an well, infraction Well, I'll like get that. to that in a minute. That, right. that was one thing that this person said that I really liked, but keep going. Well, but so if the agreement is you're going to learn the, lose the phone, then when you're giving the reminder, it's like, reminder, I know you want to keep your phone this afternoon, and I really want to help you be successful in that. What do you need to do to keep your hands off your brother is very yeah. different from keep your hands off your brother or you're losing your phone, right? That's right. a threat. Just that subtle language. Yeah. Staying out of that threat. And, well, and I think the other piece, again, so we said punishments were surprises, but then you said something about sending a message. And, and what I want to talk about is the fact that with consequences or punishments, there's two parts of it that we secretly want, right? One of it is that we want to send a message and say, well, what you did was wrong and not okay. And the other piece of it is changing our kids' behavior. 
And parents get kind of caught up in trying to do them both at once. And so we think right. if I take your phone away from the, for the week or for the day or whatever you end up doing, that suddenly miraculously, that's going to make it easier for your child to change his behavior the next time. And Which this is a kid who's having a hard likely. time. Well, and he's probably developmentally struggling with the executive function of, of doing that behavior, especially if he doesn't have a good reason to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yes, send a message, right? It's sort of, if you've got a kid who's hitting his little sister, you know, some sort of agreed to consequence to, you know, send the message that hitting is not okay, is nothing wrong with that. And if you're expecting that to be what changes his behavior or her behavior, it's not enough, enough, right? They're going to need help. And so I think that that's the piece of it is that we get stuck as parents. We think, okay, I got to make the consequence even worse and worse and worse and worse, hoping that suddenly if it's terrible enough, So let me segue on that for a minute. This is really, one of the things I really liked about this is we tend to put a consequence in place that's long, right? It's just sort of taking your phone away for the week. Right. And what this person was talking about was the fact that if if the phone is your leverage, it's the one thing that they're hanging on to, and you can use it as a reward or a consequence, and suddenly it's gone for a week, a lot of times you lose your leverage. And so then it's like the sort of, you're stuck without a tool to help your child change their behavior. And- For most of these kids, you know, taking their phone away for a week is not going to be much more for them, more dramatic for them than it would be for taking away for three hours or for 24 hours or for the the next day. The first few hours of the time, they're going to be really, really, you know, miffed about it. (laughs) Yeah. So make sure, you know, and and they always say consequences should be, what's the word, um, like equal, right? It's a sort of, it should Equal the crime with the commiserate. That's the the word, right? Yeah. And the reality is that what's the goal in commiserate, right? What what are you really trying to do? Well, what you're trying to do is make a clear connection in a kid's brain as to how important this problem is, how great, you know, how big a problem is this is what we mean by commensurate. So if I find weed or vaping in, in a teenage kid's room, the consequence for that is going to be much more severe or the impact of that is going to be greater than if he's, you know, sneaking candy from the Halloween bag or something, you know, you really want to yeah. make sure no, it well, and I think, the problem. And again, it's this sort of, if we're hell bent for lack of a better word on getting the be- the consequence to help them change their behavior we're going to be looking at it very differently than if we're going, okay, I want to send a message here, right? It's this yeah. sort of parents will say, well, if I do this for the candy bag, they're going to go back for the candy bag again. It's just sort of, they're and, lumping and them that's, together. That's where we go back into this issue of, is it a consequence or is it a punishment, yeah. right? So the best consequences by far are the natural consequences. And we often don't get to those really until kids become teenagers, <laughs> Well, and not only that, but we also expect that the natural consequences are going to change the behavior, right? It's just sort of how many times do parents say, well, should I just let my kid fail his classes and then he'll figure it out? If he knew how to figure it out, he probably wouldn't have failed his class. Yes, exactly. So the natural consequences, again, two parts, sending a message and changing the behavior, right? So natural consequences may be really good at sending a message because it's something that happens automatically or outside of us, and they still may need help. It might be enough to get their buy-in to go, whoa, I don't want this to happen again. Mom, will you help me? Dad, will you help me? That sort of thing. I'm thinking about a a client I worked with a number of years ago who had, we were working on how do you do this? And they they had a, she had a teenage 
child, I can't remember if it's even a boy or girl, and they only lived a mile away from school. And the problem was getting to school and, you know, having to drive. And I can't remember all the details of it, but what happened was there was this one day they had an agreement, communicated in advance, everybody was bought into it. And the kid didn't get up and out the door and the, and the mom wasn't home. And the mom was like, I guess you're going to have to walk to school today. And it wasn't a punitive thing. It was just, I'm really sorry this happened to you. The mom stayed in a place of compassion and understanding. And it was enough to help that kid figure out what do I need to do to get up and out of the door? Because they didn't want to miss school, right? That creates this whole other cascade of, of challenges. But when the mom stopped rescuing the kid, the kid was able to take some accountability and start working with the mom to change. The well, I was going to say working with the mom on changing the behavior versus right. just expecting the mom to take care of it all, which is different. It's not like they magically the next day started getting up on their own every day for yeah. the rest of their life. No, that's sort of thing. But so, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is it's really about support. Our job is to support them in learning how to manage themselves. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do that from a constructive way that empowers them to want to manage themselves and not in a way that makes them feel like it doesn't matter what I do. I'm always going to get in trouble and it's never going to make a difference. So let's go that direction for a second, because the other thing that I notice with parents is that the interplay between consequences and triggers and how many times do we as parents want to punish our kids or, or have consequences for triggered behavior, right? So this, mm-hmm. this same, I'm going to go back to the same parent whose kid couldn't keep their hands to themselves, really was upset with their brother. And it was like this sort of, if you can't stop being triggered, if you can't stop being upset, upset. Right. then you're going to be punished. Like the, it was clearly a punishment sort of thing. So back to the other podcast I was listening to, they made the distinction between tantrums and meltdowns. Hmm. And I went, oh, Yeah. Right. And this, what you're describing is this is not a misbehavior. This is a reactive behavior. And that's different. And, and the reactive behavior needs support, not right. punishment. Right. Yeah. Not well, punishment. and I think that that's the piece of it is that, you know, how many times do we, when our kid is triggered, try to put a consequence in place to try to get them to unravel from their trigger? This is a kid who's super upset. Right. Stop yelling at me. You can't call me that name. If you call me, if you, if you yell at me again, you're going to lose a privilege. It's a sort of, you know, when somebody's triggered like that, their ability to calm down from a threat right. is going to be completely different than if they, you know, are supported in calming down. And then you have a calm conversation about why the behavior wasn't okay. So I had a really interesting example last week, a client of a teenage boy, 13, 14, who's got some explosive behavior challenges, a really complex kid, really difficult communication dynamics. And the mom was working with her therapist who said, it's time to put boundaries in place. You have to put boundaries in place. And so the therapist gave the mom something to say. And the mom came to me and said, if I say this, he's going to blow. I mean, this yeah. is not, it's not going to make it get better. And it, it really could have unraveled a year and a half of work that we've done kind of slowly moving the needle, improving the dynamic, changing the tone of the home. And right. so we had a conversation about, yes, it's appropriate to put a boundary here. Let's talk about how to put this boundary in place. Let's talk about how do you communicate with him? What's, where's the collaboration? What are the expectations? What are the consequences and let him be part of it so that he has a sense of control or agency in it instead of just throwing the solution at him and here's the consequence where it gives them this feeling 
of being out of control. Our kids, particularly if your kids have executive function challenges, we feel out of control. And so what we as parents need to do is to help our kids begin to feel what the goodness of what it feels like to exercise control or agency instead of just constantly giving them another opportunity to feel out of control because that's where they get depressed or, you know. Well, and I think that that's the piece of it is, again, it's a sort of our ability to to self-regulate, right? Most of us, I mean, most of us, let alone our kids, when we're really upset, if somebody comes in and says, you know, if I was really upset and was having a, which is a tantrum meltdown, I was having a meltdown. And somebody said, Diane, if you don't stop melting down right now, or then I'm going to take away your computer, right? It's a sort of, but I can't control my meltdown. I don't know how to control my meltdown. It's like this sort of, you're offering, you know, it's like, it's, it's just un, unmanaged. The kid can't do it. Right. And yeah. it's not on a top of expectation. It, right. It's not a realistic expectation. And on top of it, so many times we, as parents are doing it when we're triggered. Right. So it's yeah. not, we're not even doing it. It's like, we're yelling at them that they have to stop doing yelling at us or they're going to get in trouble. And it's like, it's no, just, no, no, no. It doesn't, well, and then that's when, there's no way it's anything but punitive, right? Yeah. It's if you are reactively saying, I'm going to take everything out of your room, I'm going to, and I remember somebody coming to me and saying, there's nothing left in this kid's room, but a bed. Yeah. Right. That's not how we want our kids to to be in the world, right? Well, he can't not destroy anything. Okay. Well, what might be not important for him? I'm like, what if, what if he does destroy some things while he's learning to not? Or how do you give him other things to do when he's upset? I mean, I I have this picture in my mind of one of the uh, PowerPoint slides we had. It's like the kid ripping the book because he's so frustrated. He's ripping the paper, right? It's just sort of, you know, get a 50 cent notebook and let him go to it. You know, have that be his go-to when he's frustrated, you know? Breaking down the recycling was one of my big ones because, you know, you got to break down those boxes and sometimes there might've been a baseball bat involved and, (laughs) you know, safely supervised. But okay, so we need to start wrapping the conversation. What have we not hit that you want to make sure we talk about? No, well, we've hit kind of the differences between consequences and punishments. We talked about the difference between sending a message and helping your child to change their behavior. You know, sometimes you want to do one, but don't expect the consequence to just magically change your kid's behavior. They need help to change their behavior. We talked about giving consequences for triggered behavior. And, you know, the fact that that's probably not going to go the direction that you want them to go because they're going to then feel like they don't have any control over the thing you're asking them to control. And it's going to probably throw them even more over the deep end, which is what often happens. Right. And we talked about giving, not giving consequences in the heat of the moment when you're upset. Right. Well, and I was just going, I I was looking it up. I knew there was a section in the book. There's a section of the book that says, say no to punishment disguised as consequences. And we didn't really go into that in length, but I would encourage people, if you want to find out more about this and how this all ties in, there's a whole chapter and section in, in the essential guide that can be really useful for you. Oh, yeah, no. So a couple, wait, so you asked what we didn't talk about. Got to watch our time. Yeah. So the last thing, right? Yeah. Um, stop participating in the argument with your child about the consequence, right? It's just sort of, if they're upset, because and they're sitting there going, but no, I don't want to lose my this, I don't want to lose my that, you know. And then you've agreed that that's what the consequence is going to be, and you had their buy-in. 
you know, follow through with a consequence and then the next day say, okay, wait, it sounds sound like you're really upset with the agreed to consequence. What do we need to do to change that so that you understand that I'm not going to, I'm not going to change my mind? Well, and so here's what I would add to that is that if they're upset about the consequence, instead of getting defensive and saying, well, this is what we agreed to, that's your chance to get on their team and come to them with compassion. The beauty of setting a consequence in advance, I often say it's you get to let the system be the bad guy and you get to be the compassionate member of their team. So it's like, I'm so sorry that you have to live to your phone today. I know that's really disappointing for you. And I know you can do it better tomorrow and I'm going to work with you to help you be successful. It's a whole different approach from, you know, standing there with your hands on your hips saying, well, if you had only done what you said you were going to do, you'd have your phone, right? One comes out as being on the same team and building relationship and really helping them learn accountability. And one just gives them an opportunity to make you you the bad guy. Yeah. Cool. Lots of good stuff. Thanks for the call. Fun conversation, Di. Talk to you soon. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for what you're doing. You make a difference. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.